Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to uh, our podcast. Myself, Ronnie here. Nick's just running a little bit late. Had to go to the little boys' room. How are you, Nicholas? Oh, I'm good, thanks. And you, Ronnie. Thanks yeah. for taking over my job for the evening. Yeah, sometimes we've got to step in and get, let the quality speakers yeah. talk first. How are you doing this evening, Nicholas? Yeah, no, all's good on my side. Busy Monday at work, but glad to be here chatting about rugby. Yeah. Next week, Monday, we'll be watching Varsity Cup, so that'll be a lacquer Monday, too. Yeah, it's very exciting. And uh, yeah, so this is our second episode uh, that we've put out on the air. We've obviously practiced a couple more times, and we won't be releasing that because uh, Nick's pretty pathetic at this job. Uh, but just want to say thank you to uh, all the Americans. We hear you. We see you. For some reason, you guys want to listen to us talk. So we yeah. just want to say thank you, you Team USA. Keep that podcast great still. <laughs> <laughs> USA, USA. So yeah, we're going to look to add some more content for you guys. So please bear with us, Team USA. Yeah, we'll definitely be adding some content about Major League Rugby. Some big players there. Um, you know, we'll bring that to the South African audience as well. But we see you and we appreciate it. So thanks for listening, guys. Like it, Oaks. So, Ronnie, did you catch any rugby this weekend? I know we didn't get to watch it together, so did you watch any of the URC? Yeah, I did uh, happen to watch a couple of games. Uh, it was a good weekend of rugby, actually. Quite a couple, couple of good matchups um, across the various tournaments. Uh, we'll start off with the Stormers versus Sharks. What do you think, Nick? <laughs> I don't even want to get started on that. I lost a bet at work, thanks to the Stormers <laughs> on that one. And... Um, it cost me a Seattle coffee today, so that thanks, Sharks. Um, but yeah, definitely a difficult one. I think you and I both last week on this podcast predicted a Sharks win. We thought they'd get their discipline right and, and put the Stormers away. Not to be. Brock Harris seems to have lit a fire under the asses down there in Cape Town. And yeah, they caught the Sharks napping. Good victory for the Stormers. Well, well done. Yeah, absolutely. It was a little bit disappointing from a South Africa perspective because, in all honesty, the Sharks are packed with... Uh, with Springbok players, unlike other South African franchises. You know, we've got players uh, applying their trade overseas, uh, and then we've got the Sharks full of Springboks, and there aren't really that many Springboks in the rest of the South African team, so you would have expected the Sharks to dominate, but uh, and it wasn't to be. Most disappointing for me, I think, was the performance in the scrums. The week before, we completely dominated the forwards up front until Brock Harris came on. You know, he was starting this weekend, but an all Springbok front row, and I'm talking current informed Springbok front row, we said it last week, Ox, Bongi, and uh, Big Thomas the Tank, just didn't put the Stormers away like you'd expect them to. Yeah, absolutely. Very strange. I mean, there were five out of six Springboks actually between the two front rows, Yeah. plus Brock Harris, and Brock Harris, is, uh, he's been around, and yeah. again. I think he actually deserves a special mention here. Third, hundredth game. For three different sides. Yeah, absolutely. That's Western Province, Stormers and the Dragons. Yeah, very impressive. And he got over 130 for the Dragons. So he's been around the block and around the brock again. <laughs> <laughs> but um, well done. Yeah, so just talk about the Bulls and the Lions. and The Bulls taking that 21-13. What did you think about that? Yeah, thanks for stuffing up my super brew. <laughs> I thought the Bulls were going to dominate the Lions yeah, as absolutely. well. absolutely. Me too. Especially after the week before. You know, I actually put an article out... Um, based off Shark Fury's opinions on the Lions defense saying, you know, he simply can't coach Hart. Mm. And the Lions did look heartless. And then come this fixture, look, they still lost and they were nowhere near what you'd expect from a team playing at this level, but much improved. Yeah, absolutely. I really thought, I think I 
back the Bulls by 28 points or something along those lines. So a little bit disappointing that it didn't go that way. Although, if you're a Lions uh, fan, you know, good showing from them, actually. Yeah, no, know? for sure. It was much, much better showing. Maybe the comments and the hard talks they had in the week and the build-up helped them. Because um, definitely improved. The score of 21-13 says it all. You know, it, it wasn't the blowout many expected. And yeah, the Lions still plenty of work to do. And did you see now it looks like they're going to lose both their centers overseas, eh? Is it? One to the top 14, one to the Prem. Okay. Well, that's going to be that's, sad for them. Yeah, big, big worry. Lions still though, need to improve. They need to fix that defense. That's their biggest problem. You know, you can't do anything if you're getting run over or your opponent's getting 10 meters with every carry. It's just not not constructive. Yaku Creel simply cannot be the one doing all the work on that field. It's a 15-man game. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, you have good weeks, you have bad weeks, so I think this might have been a better week for the Lions. Let's hope that they can just continue getting stronger. You know, we've got one more set of derbies before we start playing foreign opposition again, or not foreign, Northern Hemisphere opposition again. And I'm, I'm starting to worry. I was excited to see many box back and that, but I'm a little bit worried about what's coming our way. Yeah, no, it's we can be concerned. There's definitely areas of concern right throughout the the Springbok setup. I mean, we just spoke about the Sharks, full of Springboks, but just not able to put their foot down. But that's exactly it, Ronnie. How how do you have a backline? That's the envy backline for almost any club in the world. It's laden with box, and then they fail to put the Stormers away. It just it doesn't make sense. Yeah, two and two just doesn't quite add up, right? So the Sharks, we spoke about it last week. They need to develop that killer instinct. It is seriously lacking at the moment. Mm. Sia Khaleesi was a standout performer for me in the pack, but the rest need to now lift themselves to that level too. So just talking about the Sharks again, did you think it was a bit more of a, a leadership or lack of leadership stepping in there because they've got quality players. It's not a, it's not a case of quality, not having quality players. I think maybe it's complacency, complacency, and that's a worry. Complacency mm. in any side, and if it spills over to international level, will be a big cause for concern a year out from the World Cup. Yeah, well, we hope Rassi's got his finger on the pulse here, just to make sure that the boys, their heads on the right space, so when we get to those international fixtures, they hit the ground running. Yeah, Sean Everett, some Bronco tests on the beach, maybe, for the boys. Get them fired up and moving on the field. Yeah, come on, Sean Everett, we believe in you. So this weekend's fixture's coming. What's happening? You know, Lions are playing the Stormers now here at Ellis Park. Lions are playing the Stormers, yeah. It's a bit of a tough one for me because I think traditionally uh, I don't like the Stormers slash uh, Western Province. But I'm probably going to lean a little bit more towards the Stormers. You know, perhaps perhaps I could be wrong. Perhaps the Lions are on upward trajectory and uh, we can expect a better showing from them, I suppose, after this weekend's Bulls game. But uh, I'm going to lean towards the Stormers for sure. Yeah, I think it'll be an interesting fixture. You know, Stormers got a little bit of momentum in that fixture. They're now the top-ranked side in South Africa. And then here in Pretoria, Bulls versus Sharks. I'm really upset about that when I saw this fixture. I'm going down to Midmar this weekend, obviously, and I'm not going to be able to attend the game. So I hope you're at least going to go, Ronnie. I mean, it's a couple of kilometers away from where we live. Yeah, well, apparently I'm not in the inside circle to get these game tickets to be one of the 2,000 people to go sit in the stands. That's because you can't sing the blow ball good <laughs> yeah. enough. Yeah, that's, that'll be interesting. I'm sure... I'm not sure, actually. I was hoping the Sharks would be able to take it quite comfortably, but I don't think that will be the case. I think the Bulls still dominant, and 
Jake White will light a fire in that team, especially after their showing against the Lions. You know, and the Bulls will also be out for revenge. The Sharks toppled them last um, fixture of the URC at the end of last year. Jake White this week already saying, you know, you cannot lose to the same opponent twice. Back-to-back, especially in home derbies, you're going to lose far too much power on the log. And like we just mentioned, the, the Northern Hemisphere teams are coming. This is a chance to get that momentum back. Mm, no, we definitely need we definitely need that momentum. We need a better showing once we go and face the teams up north. And I mean, elsewhere in the URC, Leinster versus Edinburgh. Okay. Those are two teams with some power behind them. They've had a good season so far. Two or three wins each on the trot at the moment. Keep in mind that a large portion of say of these teams are now playing in the Six Nations. Leinster, I think, uh, what did we count? Eleven of them 11 were in the them, Irish yeah. team. So it's a very depleted team, but I still think that they'll be dominant. Now it's sort of a reverse from what we saw in the URC last year, where it kicked off and all the box weren't available. Now it's the Northern Hemisphere sides that don't have their internationals available. <laughs> so yeah, how the, suddenly, the suddenly Northern Hemisphere teams loaded with box like you know the Cell Sharks suddenly become very dominant. <laughs> that helps a bit, eh? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to that fixture. Yeah, the win streaks for them. I think it'll be a tough fixture, but I think Leinster at home they're probably going to take that one. And then Glasgow Warriors versus Munster. Yeah, I'm I'm a big Munsters fan. Um, so I uh, you know that's who I'll be backing, of course. A uh, strong Irish team, but again, you know, a lot of their players would have would have uh, made it into the Irish squad, so they won't be there. Uh, perhaps the Glasgow Warriors will pip them, being a home fixture for them. Yeah, I think Glasgow's probably got the, the advantage, like you say, being a home game. The last one, Munster won 27-13, but I think the playing fields are much more leveled without mm. the international players at the moment. It'll be a great game to watch, yeah, honestly. I think that'll be a lucky one to watch. So those are your, your four URC fixtures for the weekend. I'm uh, definitely looking forward to that in conjunction with the international rugby we get to watch at the moment. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. So I think uh, this just brings us to sort of the end of the URC and where I just want to say uh, a huge congratulations to Veris Tweedacent, or I'm hoping it's Veris Tweedacent, Werner Vergatini. You know, well done, mate, on being uh, the Super Brew leader with 63.25 uh, points. Uh, you've retained it for another week, but uh, see it must that be because he's a Stormers. I fan. see that he's a Stormers fan, so I'm actually hoping we can uh, we can take this out of the podcast. Sorry, yeah, Stormers fans. <laughs> you know, we know Ronnie has something against you, so don't be surprised if he tries to work something to remove you from the pool. <laughs> Fortunately, I don't do the editing, but uh, yeah, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> but yeah, well done, as Ronnie said. Six Nations, I think that's the big talking point of the weekend. What a lack of weekend of rugby. Hey? How great is it to it's see coming home. <laughs> It's coming home. <laughs> How many times they can say that before it actually does, eh? Yeah, well, we'll talk about Eddie Jones in a moment, uh, or a little bit later. But uh, Ireland versus Wales, what did you think? Yeah, Wales sort of got blown out of the park in that fixture. Hey? I, think, I think Wales are lucky that, to have kept it to the score that it was. It could have been a lot worse, I reckon. Yeah, the Irish were, were running riot there. Bundy Aki scoring, what, two and a half minutes in, just under two and a half minutes in. No, no, for sure. So Ireland were really dominant, great with ball in hand. You know, they really felt comfortable spreading it wide. And that was just great to see. That's uh, that's that's the sort of rugby that I enjoy. Cup, uh, a couple of phases, uh, then swing it wide and, and having the confidence to send it wide. So that was fantastic to see from Ireland. Yeah, and then, I mean, the yellow card to... Um, Adam Jones. 
What did you think? Do you think it was a fit? Adam Jones, Josh Adams. Oh, Adam Jones. Adam Jones. <laughs> Throwback there. Oh, okay, well done, uh, Nicholas, for that uh, faux pas. Tell me, what did you think about that yellow card? Yeah, I agree with the ref, as you said, you know, no contact to the head. Otherwise, it would have been a red. The question is, did he turn into it? Was that a purposeful shoulder charge? Or is that one of those things, you know, it's in the moment. No, he just shielded himself. No, it was a laziness coupled with a little bit of shithousery. Shithousery. No, if you if you just watch it and, and was well done by Yaku Paper to say, let's slow it down and then let's watch it in, in, in normal speed. Uh, because you can just see that he was... He knew exactly what he was doing. You, you know, we've all been in that moment where you just, you know, you turn the shoulder and uh, you try and inflict a little bit more hurt onto your opponent to make them a little bit more scared of you. But uh, I think I thought it was, I thought it was deliberate. Um, I know that uh, Shane, our buddy that I was watching with, said uh, um, it should have been a red. I think he was a couple of beers in at that point. So I agree with the Irish. Irish so. And he is half Irish. So. But I mean, in South Africa, we do live by the fact that you should never harm your ooms. <laughs> um, so sorry, Johnny Sexton. Josh Adams dropped one into you there. Johnny Sexton, he's, uh, he's old. But he took it and yeah, definitely a, an interesting fixture. I think Wales still, for me, finishing second last on the log. Um, as it stands, is as what you're saying. Stands, okay. yeah. Yeah. No, but I'm saying I, I reckon throughout the tournament. And it's not because they're a bad team. They just simply have so many injuries. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's, it is unfortunate. was a great game, though, still. If you're an Irish fan, if you're a Wales fan, you might want to look away. And then the game of the weekend, Scotland versus England. <laughs> so I was a little bit torn between this one. I know on, on the last podcast I said I backed Scotland. So yeah, well done. High five. Did you actually back them on your Super Brew? I did not. Last yeah, minute see. I chose to switch to England. Just something okay. told me that the Scots wouldn't be able to do it. And uh, they proved me wrong. Again, everybody, follow Nick with your picks and you'll be fine. Yeah, please follow Nick. It'll make it a lot easier for me to beat all of you. I picked Scotland. Just saying, I picked Scotland. One game, one game doesn't mean any, anything. Uh, if you just go look at history. Uh, you sound like history. Eddie Jones in the English camp now. No, I sound like <laughs> Rossi Erasmus. Yeah, okay. So, moments from that game, Ronnie? Some questionable decisions at the end, but I don't want to talk about that too much right now. I would like to bring that up a little bit later. We we do perhaps need to talk about the refs at some point in the weeks to come too. I just felt that, you know, Ben O'Keefe, he was the calm one when when the British and Irish Lions were touring South Africa uh, during that uh, infamous game where Rossi then decided to produce his video. And uh, I think I think he was he didn't have the courage to make a call that should have been made at the end there. But you know what? You don't win a ge- win or lose a game at the end. You you have to play eighty minutes, and you have to play a really good eighty minutes to win a game of rugby. If it comes down to one marginal call at the end, your team hasn't performed well enough, I believe. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I want to just start off by saying well done to Scotland. First time they've backed it up in the Calcutta Cup in four decades. So big props to Scotland. And I was super excited this weekend to watch Finn Russell versus Marcus Smith. Mm. Who won that battle for you, Ronnie? No, it has to be Finn. Of has course. to be Finn. No, he's he's incredible. What a finish! <laughs> what a finish! But it's no very good from Finn. Uh, Marcus Smith didn't have a poor game, I I believe. So uh, props to him as well, and he's he's a very exciting prospect for the English team. I think so, and like you say, you know Finn, what a player! He 
he doesn't to me look like someone that wanted to be a rugby player. It's like he was there having a beer on the side of the pitch one day, got into rugby and has just climbed the ranks. And Stuart Hogg actually made a comment in the week, which I think sums Finn Russell up perfectly when he said, Finn has no idea what he's doing on the rugby field. <laughs> and that makes him so unpredictable. And if you look at the photos and how he enjoys it, he really is one of those players that just seems so calm and so... He's having fun out on the field. Well, I agree with you there, actually. I, I really do agree with you. And in, in fact, I think you agree with Squid Rugby as well. Because uh, when Dan Bigger went off in the Lions game and uh, and Finn Russell came on, it really looked like he was the only one having fun yeah, on the field. Jawling, doing some pop passes. And, yeah. you know, he just brings fire to that Scottish back line. Big shout out as well, Stuart Hogg. Brilliant at the back there. I thought he spilled that one and it was going to be a definite try when he was chasing back, but he got up, managed to step and clear it. So mm. Stuart Hogg, you and your white teeth, that was a brilliant, <laughs> brilliant one. What did you think of Luke Cowan Dickey? Yeah, that was a bit of a moron moment. Hey? Yeah, it's a typical forward move. Yeah, but that cost them badly. As soon as I saw it, I knew that was coming for a penalty try. Yeah. You know, you'd back a winger to catch that one any day. It just didn't look like Luke Kowandicki had the confidence to, to make a clean catch. Um, and I think he was between two minds. And then, you know, just the, the law's clear. Yeah. And funny enough, the player coming out and saying he didn't know the law. It, <laughs> we've all done that at some point. I played a couple of games when I first started rugby before I realized you can't play the ball yeah, on the ground. but you're not being paid millions a year to play <laughs> professionally for your country. No, of course, of course. So, no, that was a bit of a uh, not-so-good moment from Luke Kawandiki, but granted, he apologized. He did, he did. What about Eddie Jones' substitutions? That's been a big talking point this week. Clive Woodward, we will never agree with you. Just putting that on record. Yeah, we will never agree. I will ne- absolutely never agree with you, Sir Clive Woodward. I, the, the only thing that I like about Eddie Jones's uh, bench strategy is that he calls them the finishers. <laughs> Does that mean he's handing it over to Finn to finish? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, wrong, no. Wrong team. But, uh, you know, just like Rassi um, dubbed the, the bomb squad, you know, I think... I think Eddie Jones does really well by calling them the finishers. It's, it it you understand your role a lot better coming off the bench. You don't f- feel like you're second fiddle to to the starting lineup. But you feel like you've got a specific role. So yeah, cool. I don't know. A lot of commentary coming out this week has surrounded the substitution of Marcus Smith. You know he was playing well, and funny enough, Marcus Smith is probably known as the finishing ten in world rugby. He does it for Harlequins all the time. He did it for England over the Springboks in November. It's just, you know, why take someone like that off? And especially when George Ford is coming on, and nothing against George Ford, but Eddie Jones has given pretty clear indication that George Ford is third or fourth in the pecking order. So, yeah, George Ford just isn't very exciting. And again, you know, it it definitely affected the flow of the game, and I think it cost them possibly the, the Calcutta Cup. Well... Well, well done to Scotland. Definitely well done to Scotland. So France, Italy, much to say there? Yeah, surprised the Italians kept it close in the first half. I mean, we all know France like to attack, but the rain dampened that a bit, and Italy held on well in the first half. No, they did. Uh, I don't know so much whether it was Italy holding on as much as France maybe not finding their feet yet. Yeah, I guess a lot of players were back from COVID and everything. But, uh, yeah, I don't think I've got much to say with respect to that game. Um, the expected result, really. It's disappointing, really. I just wish that uh, Italy could could make that step up to a bit more of a, 
uh, a stronger showing in their Six Nations. Um, yeah, I fixtures. mean, half the Benetton team, actually. So, <laughs> yeah, Italy, Garbisi, if I'm saying that right, they fly half, you know, he, he had on and off moments throughout the game. He was quite fair under the high ball, so that helped the Italians a bit because Intermac likes to, to push those ones through. But ultimately, I mean, you could hear it from the commentators. The only good thing they had to say about the Italian players was their weight. <laughs> so not not much going Italy's way. Still thinking they're going to um, get the wooden spoon this season. And yeah, France, your pick to win the Six Nations. Still my pick to win the Six Nations. Still your pick to win the Six Nations. Best 10 in the Six Nations, Ronnie, who have we got there? Look, I'm I'm going to go for Finn Russell, for sure. Um, I am a bit of a Finn Russell fan, so I'm going to stick with him. But at the moment, very exciting to watch Marcus Smith. So we've just spoken about the two of them. Um, but those two are my more exciting flowers at the moment. Uh, but Finn Russell, you know, I just love the guy. Yes, we're off to a good start on this podcast. Eh? We're agreeing on far too many things. I also think Finn Russell, best flower. Uh, Intermac exciting as well but still got a bit of growth to do there yeah, he's got some distance to you go. know Finn is just a bit more established and Big is also solid but he doesn't bring that flair to the game that the others do so yeah Finn definitely the best 10 and then your Springboks or should we not call them Springboks in the, the Six Nations how did they all fare no fairly well fairly well they fared yeah. fairly well um, look I'm I'm also a bit of a diehard and uh, diehard loyal South African fan. So South Africans a go player over there um, for those teams without coming to first play for the Springboks and earning their caps. You know I'm a little bit I don't get too excited when they run into the field, but sure they played very well. No standout players from my side. I don't know. I thought Duan van der Merwe had a cracker. Hey, that oh, guy okay. is so hard to bring down. Well, then you can join the Duan fan club. The Duan fan club. Sorry, guys. Ronnie's a little bit touched. So many South Africans taking part. Paul Willemse, um, he was there. And then Scotland had three. Via Pianal, Piers Guman, Duan van der Merwe. Am I missing any South Africans? I'm sure if we went down the, the ancestry line of most of those players, we'd find a couple a more South Africans. De- decent number of them there. Mm. And then Matt Proudfoot in the one coaching box. You know... South African World Cup winning forwards coach in 2019. He's joined England. So, yeah, it's it's big South African influence over there in the Six Nations. But for me, exciting games coming up this weekend. Hey, Ronnie. France-Ireland. It's our final. I'm picking Ireland for the Six Nations. You're backing France. Well, then I've got no choice but to back France. Is that what you're saying? Pretty much. Look, it's going to be very close. That's going to be an incredible game. That really should be the game of the weekend to watch. Um... Look, I still think France are going to take the Six Nations. It's going to be close with Ireland. Possibly, you might see me back the Irish in Superbrew. Yeah, you see, he's what we call a fence sitter. No, I'm, I'm strategic. I think yeah. in the long, I think the war will be won by the French, but uh, this battle is going to be won by the Irish. Yeah, well, I, I think Ireland will definitely take this one. I think they're in a bit better form than France at the moment. It'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. I think whoever wins this fixture is winning the Six Nations. I think France and Ireland will both beat England. Uh, Wales is probably going to lose to Scotland this weekend. And Italy, England, well done, Eddie Jones, you might get a win. But Italy, backing you all the way, boys. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We'll we'll watch this weekend with bated breath. (laughs) It would be magical. You want to move over to the Varsity Cup? Any thoughts on that, Mr. Halsey? 
Yeah, backing your boykies. It's coming back on Monday. Hey? <laughs> Can you believe it? It's been a long time it's since we watched traditional uh, Varsity Cup, you know, and last year we did have it, but it didn't quite feel the same being in the bubble. But yeah, looking forward to this weekend's uh, or next week's uh, matchups. Yeah, it'll be Monday next week. There's a full house of games that I think only NW Picker having a bye. I just want to run you through the fixtures list here, then we can discuss the teams a little bit. So you first got the Eagles versus uh, UCT. Then you've got CUT versus UJ. Vitz versus the Madibas. UWC versus Shimlas. Tux versus Martis. Yeah, so it's it's a full house. That Tux versus Martis fixture is something to start off the Varsity Cup. Eh? Oh, absolutely. And I'm also very excited by CUT. You know, they've had some... They really came out of nowhere a couple of years uh, in recent years. And they've done incredibly well. So looking forward to some of those matchups. It's going to be very exciting. Yeah, I think Tux might struggle a little bit this year. You know, head coach Nico Luce, it's, I think, his third season in charge. But 14 players from the Tux Varsity Cup winning side last year got signed with professional contracts. No, is it? That's quite so a, that's a, a large nice number of the squad. Well, Varsity Cup's done incredibly well over the years to produce some quality Springbok players. and Not only Springbok players. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see that. Something else I see is Andre Pretorius, head coach of Pika. Oh, remember okay. Andre Pretorius with the sand? He used to kick from the sand. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember him. You know, he's been involved with the Leopards and Picker for some time now. So, uh, yeah. I yeah, hope they I'm do excited really to, see, to see him there. So, I mean, Madiba's also struggling. They've only got five players remaining from last year's squad. Oh, what so happened? Did they uh, all graduate and leave or yeah, and left mass off. exodus, eh? That's Yeah, that's, that's a terrible big, big him. change. And I mean, the Madiba's are a side that generally struggles as is so i think they they're lucky to have vitz their first corner first corner first game um but vitz might just take them to the edge <laughs> yeah that's uh, a good joke no look uh, i think the Madibas, yes they have been struggling over the years but this might be exactly what they need uh build a team from the ground up you know no that's true and it's a good chance for the youngsters to get exposure and you really never know where the next great player is going to come from so it could be exciting. Um, we'll have to wait another week, like I said, to see Pukka in action. Tux vs. Marty's Tux is at home, so hopefully the home ground advantage helps. But oh, I feel like the favor might just be going Marty's, Marty's way in this one. Who knows? We'll have to just wait and see. Follow me on Super Brew and I'll show you what's what. Yeah, we'll see. I bet half our listeners are already beating you. Also, on all of our social media platforms, please smash that like button and tell all your friends about it. And did you actually see the Cheetahs playing some cricket this weekend by what? any chance? Yeah, the Cheetahs played cricket and my boy, Franz Stein, hit a six off Alan Donald. No, you're joking. <laughs> he smashed a six. <laughs> Him and Ron Pinar, they were having a lack of time out on that pitch. It reminds me of when the box used to play the Proteas in the cricket. It used to be so lacquer. No, that absolutely. And uh, Trevor and Yaconi couldn't fit the helmet over his head. Do you remember <laughs> that? There were some good times. Oh, there were some good ones. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed Franz Stein smashing that six. Just for our American listeners, cricket is... Uh, it's very much similar to baseball. Uh, I won't go into the rules, but you could YouTube a couple of videos to teach you the rules. And Franz Stein playing it is just epic. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fantastic to see. I didn't actually realize that that happened. Yeah, no, it was a lack of fixture. So nice to see the cross-coding as well. You know, it helps. Yeah. 
build a bit of um, fan base in the, the sports. I, I never watch cricket, so it was nice to watch a bit of that. Granted, Alan Donald is 150 years old, so... <laughs> doesn't matter. Frontstein smashed him for a six. <laughs> he thought he was lining up for a droppy on the halfway line. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a lack of week of rugby. More epic rugby on the cards. So looking at this weekend's fixtures, Ronnie, are we going to talk a bit about our predictions? Yeah, let's go through the list and uh, which competition are we actually sticking with? Well, let's take a look at the Six Nations first. Who are you backing in the Wales versus Scotland game? It has to be the the Scots that I'm backing, really. They just had a great weekend beating England, so hopefully they'll carry that performance through. Wales, it'll be a better showing from Wales for sure, especially, you know, they'll, they'll have said some words this week to fire the boys up, but I think the Scots will take it. Let's say the Scots by 12. Scots by 12. Uh, France versus Ireland. You know, that's we just spoke about that's going to be the game of the weekend. I'm going to right now say that the French will beat Ireland by four, possibly three. Uh, but uh, five minutes before the game, I could still change my mind. What do you yeah, think? You see, fence sitter all the way. I'm sticking with Ireland. I've backed them to win the Six Nations. And I truly believe the winner of this fixture will win the Six Nations. Hectic challenge, though, going over to France, playing in front of a French home crowd. It was epic to see the crowds this weekend in the Six Nations. So yeah, it is actually. It's very Murrayfield, strange to see Scots that. Scots were on form. Yeah, well, once again, we have a friend, Seb, that, keeps, that is lucky enough to go to all these games. What an asshole, but uh, yeah. Well, thanks for the invite, Seb. Italy versus England. No, I'm going to back, back the Italians. Yeah, they're going to be doing good. <laughs> there we go, guys. Heard it from Ronnie first. If it does happen, make him famous. I also would love to see Italy win. Definitely pushing for it. But I think England looking to ride the ship there, it's going to be a bit of a backlash and a, a proper 35-point hiding of, yeah. of Italy. Then looking at the URC fixtures, obviously the uh, Lions versus Stormers at Ellis Park. Yeah, Leinster versus Edinburgh. That's going to be the first matchup on Friday. Um, I'm going to back the boys from Leinster, though, to take it, even though they are well depleted. Glasgow versus Munster. Munster, Munster should take this. Um, you back in Munster? I'm going for Glasgow. You're going one. for the home Glasgow team? No. Six. Oh, well, I think it's going to be a close game, but I'll say Munster by four. And then Lions versus Stormers? Uh, I'm going to back the, the boys from Cape Town. Not the biggest fans of them, but uh, I think they should take it uh, quite comfortably by a score and a half. So let's say the THL Stormers by eight. And then here in Pretoria, unfortunately I'm not there. I hope you're going to go to the game. My heart says uh, that the Sharks are going to win this by four, but my head says the Bulls are going to win this by 11. And Ronnie's head isn't very bright. So <laughs> I think Sharks by two. That's my pick. Okay. I think the, the Springboks need to step up now. If the Sharks lose this one, I'll be bitterly disappointed in their, their showing this year in the URC. All right. So this is usually the time where I uh, get to shine a little bit. And uh, it's no hold bars. I get to say what I want uh, in this little moment. Um, towards the end of the podcast uh, sometimes it'll be a bit funny sometimes it'll be a true story about the time you know where Brian Abana gave me his poiki course recipe but we'll leave that for a future podcast this week I just wanted to shed some light on my dear friend Eddie the Jones Eddie the Jones Eddie the Jones just uh, after being quite sour at the end of his uh, his team's loss to Scotland you know, he's been, he said some things about the refs in the past and people enjoyed having a dig at him. And uh, look, I think before I ask you your opinion on the matter, I just wanted to say, I think he's playing a very clever game 
if you will. You know, he's drawing attention away from his team's poor showing in the last uh, couple of minutes of the game, putting it on himself, alluding to the fact that he's going to bring out a video, a Russi-like video. So that was a was quite a funny comment. I really hope he brings out that video because uh, it's always some good banter that comes from that sort of thing. And uh, the South Africans will need to uh, watch their tongues and not give Eddie too much uh, shit about it because uh, our own head coach did that. Oh, I'm backing Eddie for a video all the way. <laughs> you know, Dave Rennie got away with it. What's another Australian getting away with it, eh? Yeah, but I don't think it's just comments. I think uh, this he said that he had a production team working on it already. So <laughs> yeah, I really am interested to see what's going to happen there. I think that the ref should have stood up and made a better call uh, or better couple of calls at the end there. But I n- understand that refs don't necessarily want to hand it a win to a, a team of off of a call that they aren't 100% confident with. So I can appreciate that for sure, but I do think the refs need to stand up and make some some, some of the tougher calls and be courageous enough to do that. Yeah, fair enough. And now looking over to Saturday, you know, Ronnie, are you going to tell the listeners who was the right choice last week? So last week, the right choice was Schalk Burger. Skalas. Yeah. No. Yeah, unfortunately, Ronnie not getting that one right. So it's zero from one for Ronnie. We're going to do another name the player this evening. Okay. A uh, little bit more difficult. I feel like this one sort of ties all the topics we've discussed this evening. So, Ronnie, as it did work last week, I'm going to read you the stats. You get three questions, and then we'll see. We'll be posting the answer on Saturday. So, Ronnie, this player played in the Varsity Cup. He scored six tries in his side's 100-25 to 25 point victory over UCT. That's the University of Cape Town. He's younger than you, Ronnie. It's not saying much. You're older than most people we know. He went to Otaniqua High School. He represented the Blitzbox, as well as the under-20s, SA under-20s, beating Scotland on debut. He signed for Montpellier in 2016. Then he played for Edinburgh before moving over to Worcester. Worcester? Worcester? Worcester. Worcester. He made his international debut in 2020, and he has three British and Irish Lions test caps. Who's the player? I'm going to assume that this player has a brother. Is that so? He does have a brother. Okay. And this brother's also played Springbok Rugby. His brother has actually played Springbok Rugby. And uh, so point number two, he said he had has scored six tries in his team's 100-25 to 25 victory over UCT. Uh, that is a thrashing, by the way. Proper thrashing. I'm going to have to go to the archives and check that check that. Uh, the highlights of that game out. But assuming he's a backline player, is that so? He is a backline player. Okay, I'm going to get this one right. I just know it already. Uh, is it Duan van Amerva? I guess you'll have to wait for Saturday to find out. Nick's busy nodding in the corner here. I would never trust anything that comes out of Ronnie's mouth if that isn't already abundantly clear from the podcast. Keep listening. There'll be more from us next week. But yeah, thanks for joining us. Back everybody. Have a good week. <laughs> <laughs>